pleased to be here with you this evening in the house of the Lord as always. I want us to turn to <clears throat> the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, 1 <coughs> Samuel chapter 7 verse 15 and then we're going to go into verse 8 and part of verse 9. We're going to point out some things here that can be very beneficial to us. When we get there, please say amen. That's 1 Samuel, the 7th chapter. And I'm going to read verse 15, 16, and 17 before we begin to dissect the word. Thank you, Father, for your many blessings. When you get there, would you please say amen? amen. The word of the Lord reads thus in 1 Samuel <clears throat> chapter 7, verses 15 through 17. It says, And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And he went from year to year in circuit to Bethel and Gilgal, and Mizpah, and judged Israel in all those places. And his return was to Ramah, for there was his house. And there he judged Israel, and there he built an altar unto the Lord. In my decades of learning, the Word of God and studying the Word of God and trying to hear from God to see what He is saying. I've learned this more so than anything else that God's Word, when we look at it through the eyes of man, misses the mark. The only time that we can see, hear, and understand what God's word is saying is that when we learn to train ourselves to allow the spirit within us to allow our eyes to see through the eyes of God. Then we begin to see what God was saying that his thoughts are not like our thoughts and his ways are not like ours. And when we we see we misjudge the scripture so many times when we see through the eyes of man instead of through the eyes of God. When we see through the eyes of God, it turns this whole thing around. And we'll see more of that tomorrow when Jesus is dealing with a situation. But right now it says in Samuel, the word Samuel means to be heard of God. Now, in order to be heard of God, that means that we've got to be tuned in with God. Now, Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. All the days of his life. You see, it's that which we hear from God that judges Israel, which is us, the church. We know that the righteous judgment of God is correct. We know this. Anybody that's of the Lord knows that God's righteous judgment is correct. If we're of God, we know. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life because whatever it is that we hear of God, we're supposed to allow it to direct our path, correct us when we're wrong, enhance us when we're right, reprove us, rebuke us, with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what the word of God is for Samuel. What we hear from God. 
Jesus, he said himself, I don't speak nothing except that which I hear from God. Samuel, he went about judging Israel all the days of his life. The time of this message is the conditions of the heart. And he went, verse 16 says, and he went from year to year, meaning from season to season. And notice what he did. He went in a circuit. See, Samuel is a peculiar person. He had a peculiar spirit. Samuel was the last of the judges, and he was like a circuit judge. He went in circuit here. But he was also a prophet, Samuel was. But Samuel also was a priest because he offered up burnt offerings, which is only the priest could do. So see, he was all that. He was a judge, he was a prophet, and he was a priest. Because the judge represents the way things are supposed to be when you hear from God. The prophet inspires. He is the inspired speaker. He brings forth the inspired revelations of God. That's what the word prophet means. Inspiration of God. But he was a priest because Samuel knew how to stand in the gap for the people and offer up burnt offerings which represents to be able to ascend upon high. Samuel was all of these things. If you read about Samuel, and that's what we hear when we hear from God, that's what it does. It places us in a position of being judged about what we hear, being inspired by what we hear, and being able to ascend into the high places of God by what we hear, you see. We're dealing with a threefold anatomy here. We're dealing with judging through the word. We're dealing with spiritual inspirations through the word. And we're dealing with the ability to ascend upon high through the word. And that's what Samuel was. And from year to year, the Bible says that he went in a circuit from season to season. And he went first to where? Bethel. Bethel is the house of the Lord, right? So the first place that what we hear of God goes is to us, the house of God. This is Bethel. Then it goes to a place called Gilgal. Well, Gilgal is a place of whirlings. It is the circle of God. It is that place of the whirlwind. Now, let me show you something about Gilgal. Gilgal, in the book of Ezekiel, let's go to Ezekiel for a minute. I'll show you something about Gilgal. Gilgal is that spiritual wheel of life. In chapter 1, we see Ezekiel, he has a vision. <coughs> and y'all remember that the appearances of the man, and they were in, in a whirlwind, and the wheel within the wheel. Well, that's Gilgal. Look at, look at verse 16. Ezekiel 1, verse 16. Are we there? He's speaking about this wheel. The appearance of the wheels and their work was likened to the color of a bird. And they had, and they four, see it was four creatures, had one likeness. They all had one likeness. And their appearance and their work was as it were a what wheel in the what middle of a what? wheel. That's Gilgal. See, that wheel the, it means the life within the life. You see, we have a life that's been given to us within the life of God. Do you understand what the wheel within the middle of the wheel means? It's the life within the life. So, the first thing over here in Samuel it does is Samuel heard of God, was heard of God. The first thing it does is it goes and it judges the house of God called Bethel. When you read that word, that word is not designed for you to judge nobody. What it's designed for you to do is allow it to judge you. See, anytime you're looking in the Bible to see somebody else is wrong, you got it all wrong. 
That's what not, that's a mirror. That's to get you straight. That's to get me straight. When I look into that, I'm looking into that glass beholding myself. And that's God talking to me. So what I hear from God as he speaks to me, first thing it does, it judges this house. Right here. The next thing it does, it judges Gilgal. That's that wheel, that life that God has given me within my life. Remember I told y'all to check your resumes, remember? That means check your life. The wheel in the middle of a wheel. Life, that's the second place that Samuel heard of God, what we hear of God, that's the second place that it does. It begins to check our life and get it in order, if you let it. The third place that it deals with is a place called Mizpah. Mizpah is the watchtower of your soul. It's the same as Samaria. So what we hear of God from season to season, from year to year, in a circuit, constantly, the word of God comes forth, and it comes forth to judge the house of God, the life that you have in God, and the watchtower of your soul. It's there to, to deal with that constantly. Every time you hear from God, whether it be by the inspired speaker of God, whether it be by the word of God, you read it, whether it be by the trees, whether it be by the resurrection of the sun every morning, or whatever. Every time you hear it, it's there to get you to see where you are with God and to get me to see where I am with God. Not where somebody else is, but where are you with God? So he judged Israel all in all those places, the Bible says in verse 16. You see it there. I'm just simply reading what the word says. Verse 17 says, And his return was to Ramah, because Ramah represents the high place of God. Ramah. See, after that word that came from God, after it comes to us, and after it does what it's supposed to do in Bethel, in your house with God, in your life with God, in where you're watching for your soul in God. See, after it does what it's supposed to do, guess what it does? It goes back to the high place of God where it came from. That's what it does. And guess what it does? It goes back with a report of what it finds. Watch yourself now. It goes back with a report, Deacon Eddie, about what it found in those three places in your life. Chapter 8, verse 1 says, And it came to pass when Samuel was what? Oh, uh-oh, here we go again. We're dealing with hearing again. Can't get away from it. When what we, when we began to hear, not so well anymore, Samuel, when he was old, he made his son judges. He had two sons. He made them judges over Israel, okay? We know that sons are builders, right? Watch the word, just follow the spirit. It'll help you if you let it. Now the name of his firstborn son was, or his firstborn was Joel. Joel means Jehovah is his God. So what we hear from God, Samuel, is supposed to build in us the fact that God is our God. That's one of the things that Samuel's son was supposed to do. That's one of the things that the spiritual builder in you is supposed to do. It's supposed to get you to understand that God is your God and get me to understand that God is my God. But Samuel was old, remember? In other words, his hearing had become dull. Watch what happened. And the name of his second son was Abiah, Abiah means worshiper of God. So the next thing what we hear from God is supposed to build in us is the fact that we ought to be worshipers of God, okay? In order to be a worshiper of God, 
you've got to understand that God is your God, right or wrong. Those are the two sons. So that's what the Word of God is supposed to do to us. It's supposed to identify the fact in us that God is our God. That's the first thing. The second thing that it's supposed to do in us is that we are to worship God and God alone. That's why the commandment says, place those God before me. And don't worship no other God other than me. Mm-hmm. Those two things. Because it builds that in us. Those two things are up top before all the rest of them come about. In the Ten Commandments. And they were judges where? In Beersheba. Beersheba is the well of the oath. Now, we, they had taken an oath to build in us through what's been heard of God. They had taken an oath to allow God to be our God and for us to be worshipers of God. Because that's where they were at. That's where they were judges at. Now, Deuteronomy 6 4, there's a thing called the Shema. S H E M A. Shema is the English word for here. H E A R. Deuteronomy 6 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. That's the Shema, the most profound thing in the Jewish spiritual economy is what's known as the Shema, that the Lord thy God is one. Is here that in verse 3 here, chapter 8, verse 3, and his sons walk not in his ways. Remember, Samuel's hearing had become old. And he had turned it over to his sons. But his sons, they didn't walk in the ways, but turned aside after Lucree and took bribes and perverted judgment. Well, is that not what happens when our hearing becomes dull? Right or wrong, church. Y'all can, y'all, y'all can give me some feedback. It's okay. I mean, you know, we just give it what's in the word. It's okay. That's all we're doing. It's all right. It ain't gonna bite you unless we don't do it. Then it'll bite you sooner or later. It will. But see, that's what they did. See, that's what happens when our hearing becomes old. In other words, we don't hear what God is saying so well anymore. So we begin to walk and build in our own ways. And it becomes perverted. It becomes after the world, money. You know, it does. It does. We all know that. If you don't believe it, stop hearing from God proficiently and watch see what happened to you. It's by the grace of God that all of us are here tonight. It ain't nothing that we've done on our own like we're so great at this or great. No. No, we're not. None of us. Don't fool yourself. It's by God's grace. It's by God's grace that we got what we got here. It's by His grace. He had all this ordained. So verse 4 says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together. Mm-hmm. The elders, the celestial council, they gathered themselves together and came to Samuel. Where did they come to Samuel at? In Ramah, in high place. But if Samuel ain't hearing too well now, and his sons ain't hearing too well, that means that the elders aren't either. Because look what the elders come and want them to do. And said unto him, this is what the elders said, verse 5. Behold, you done got old. Thou old. And thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now, make us a what? Okay, they want a king to judge us like who? Okay, like the world. So, 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 so now, Samuel, he done got old. He done turned it over to his son, 
who's not walking in the way of God. Now, here come the counselor giving bad counsel. Talking about, give us a king. That's the worst thing that you could ask for. Is another king in your life? My God, come down. Let's just bring it home. Jesus is the only king in our life. Now we're asking for another king, like the world got, all the other nations got. Verse 6 says, but the, this thing, but the thing displeased Samuel. See, Samuel, he wasn't so old until he was that crazy. It says it displeased Samuel. And when they said, give us a, a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Now watch what God said. Samuel prayed. And the Lord, verse 7, y'all see? And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto, in other words, listen to him. Listen unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. They say they wanted a king, didn't they? The Lord said, listen to them. We're going to give them what they want. For they have not rejected thee. In other words, Samuel, they ain't rejecting you. But they have rejected me, God is saying. That's why we've got to be careful. That I should not reign over them. Oh yeah, it's done. Verse 11 says, and he said, this is the manner, now he points out what's about to happen to us. He says, and he said, this is the manner of the king that shall reign over you. See, this is what happens when we, instead of allowing God to do what God is doing in our life, we want to vote and tell God what to do. This what get you killed. Dealing with this right here. Oh yeah, I'm gonna break it down to you tonight. See, I got to preach the truth. See, I ain't gonna never be the kind of preacher where I'm scared to preach the truth to y'all. We might well pack this thing up and go home if it ever gets to the point where I get scared to preach the truth up in here. Mm -mm. God didn't call me to be scared of you. Mm -mm. God didn't call, God called me to preach this word. He said, I got your back. You just preach it. And when I look down through here and I see what all the prophets went through in the preaching, then I know I'm in the right place. If I'm, if, 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 if I'm serious, I know I'm in the right place. I know I am. He said, look here, let me tell you something. He said, they didn't reject you. They rejected me. He said, now this is the manner, verse 11, of the king that shall reign over you. First of all, he's going to take your sons, that's your builders, your spiritual builders. Is it anybody, you don't have to, you don't have to raise your hand? Because all of us have, have been hit with this. Have not God taken some of our spiritual buildings from us, from within ourselves, when we act crazy on him to put another king in the way? Some of us in here tell the truth. Some of us. Some of us are hold back from God. And remember now, the word is going back and make a report. God knows. See, the only way that we can get better and get clean with God is that we come face to face with God and say, God, I yield, I yield, I'm sorry. Forgive me for going against you, for going against your people. Forgive me. And God will open up his hand and he will start blessing you again. I keep trying to get you to understand that he's going to take your sons. Verse 13, it goes down here, and it says, and not only that, but he's going to take your daughters too. Now your daughters represent, the, the word daughter means apple of God's eye. That's your soul. Ain't that what the world do, take your soul? So it's going to take that? It's going to take the apple of God's eye. He's going to take your daughters. Verse 14 says, not only that, but he's going to take your fields. In other words, he's going to take your life from you that you had in me. And he's going to make you miserable. You're going to be broke, disgusted. You're going to be mad. You're going to be angry because things ain't going the way it's supposed to go. But why? You know why? Because that word which came has gone back and reported to God what it found in Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpah. That's why. 
That's why. Mm-hmm. Verse 15 says it's going to take a tenth of your seed. In other words, that word tenth means unity, unified. That means everything you sow just don't seem to do. Anybody ever been sowing just don't do right? That's because your seed ain't right. It ain't the ground you're sowing in, your seed's rotten. Because there's something here that's been reported back to God that ain't right. I'm just trying to help us up in here. I, it, it helped me. It helped me. It's right here in the Word. I told you, you can't look at it out of the eyes of man, but you got to see it through the eyes of God. And he'll show you some things. The Bible goes on to say in verse 16 that he's going to take your men servants and your maid servants. That means he's going to take all your help from you. And then verse 17 says he will take the tenth of your sheep also. Sheep represents purity. So now you ain't thinking pure no more. You got a funky attitude, you got a funky disposition about you, now you're not pure. See, that's what happens when we start allowing this stuff to come in on us. This doesn't happen to all of us now. I know it's happened to me. So this word cut me, it cut me first. It's all right. I love getting cut, Lord. You can do it to me. I got to bleed some of this hemp up out me. It's okay. I feel good afterwards. And verse 21 says, And Samuel heard all the words of the people. And he went and done what? Rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. Didn't I tell you that what's heard of the Lord will make its round and go back and report to God? Didn't I just tell y'all that? It'll go back and it'll tell on every one of us. And there's no way around it. And you'll be saying, man, somebody telling this on me. And tell Ain't nobody telling nothing on you. God is the one doing it. God said, be sure your sins will find you out. Let's go over here to chapter 9. Because they asked for a king, remember? They wanted a king now. And God told them what was going to happen to them, didn't he? He told them what that king was going to take from them. Now, look at that word there, now. That means right now, don't it? Now, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherah, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. Let's break it down. Now there was a man of Benjamin. Benjamin is the tribe, is the smallest tribe. It means wisdom, wealth, fortune, and son of my right hand. It's the hand that we receive from God. And that was a man. Of wealth, fortune, mm -hmm. just like us in the spirit realm. And his name was Kish. The word Kish means to bow down to God. He was the son of Abiel because Abiel is the possessor of God. Does, do not those of us that bow down to God become possessors of God? And he was the son of Zeror, because Zeror means kernel or least of grain. Mm. I remember Jesus saying in 1224 of the book of John, unless a corn of wheat, a kernel of wheat, falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it falls to the ground and die, it bringeth forth much fruit. That's the least of the grain. One kernel. That word, zero. And Abiel, the possessor of God, he was the son or the builder of that grain that falls, that kernel that falls to the ground and dies and bringing forth much fruit. So, as we go down through here, we'll see that this kernel, this least grain that falls to the ground and dies and becomes much fruit, it's also the son of Becherah, which means that it's the birthright of man. So you see, those of us 
who allow ourselves to be built, first of all, to fall to the ground as a kernel of wheat and die. And those of us who allow ourselves to be built so that we can bring forth much fruit. In other words, those of us that are saved, it is our birthright. That's why he was called the son of Becherah. Because of it's the birthright of man once he's saved to be that kernel that falls to the ground and dies just like Jesus and bring forth much fruit. See, let me tell y'all something. Y'all might not believe this, but the word is still becoming flesh every time somebody gets saved. You think about it. So he's the son of also Aphia because Aphia is the spirit. Now, the birthright of man is the builder of the spirit because the birthright of man is that kernel of wheat that's in us that have allowed ourselves to be saved. So you see there's a breakdown here. There's a breakdown here. There's a breakdown here. And it goes on and says a Benjamite. The spirit is a Benjamite. Notice that the man was a Benjamin, the tribe Benjamin. He was a Benjamite. The spirit is a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. You see, because that Benjamite, we all know that the spirit possesses wealth, fortune, wisdom, and it receives from God. It's a Benjamite. A mighty man of power. Now it would seem like all is well, wouldn't it? Because they're asking for a king now. Uh, they're asking for a king. And I told you that a lot of stuff will be thrown out here tonight. Verse 2 says, and he had a son. There's another builder. Whose name was what? Saul. So Saul came out of a great family of lineage, didn't he? Saul did. The word Saul means several things. It means demanded, lent to, asked of. It means ditch. <laughs> and it means death. Jesus said, let him alone. Matthew 15, 14, is that what it is? Yeah. Let him alone. They be the blind leading the blind. Blind lead the blind. They both fall in that what? Ditch. Well, that's what, that's what, did not Saul lead Israel into a ditch? Didn't he? But he came out of a good lineage. But I'm going to tell you how it happened. What happened? Look here. It was all a setup. He had a son whose name was Saul. A choice young man and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. From his shoulders. What's above the shoulders? What's below the shoulders? The body. What's above the shoulders? The head. What's below the shoulders? The body. He stood above the rest. In other words, he had something going for him that God saw and picked him for that, appointed him and anointed him for that. It ain't like he just saw Saul and didn't see nobody else. He saw all of them. But God is the one that makes his choices. That's why we say we don't vote here. We go by his word. Because God is the one that makes the choices. Not man. That's why churches are messed up today. You start bringing man into the arena of this and you're going to have yourself some problems. Our thing is not to have power. Our thing is not over man. But our thing is to have power in the spirit so that we can join together and produce this kingdom of God in the earth. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Through who? Us. But look what he does. 
Verse 3 says, And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were what? Okay. I'm going to be nice. Because I don't want no religious folk to think that I'm cussing in the pulpit. But I just read to you that the asses were lost. Anybody ever lost the asses? I'm serious. Anybody ever lost them? Everybody in here have before. You know why? Because I'm going to explain to you what the asses mean. The asses that were lost was the desires to serve God. They were lost. Whose asses were they? The man Kish that was bowing down to God, right? Kish means to bow down to God. See, when you lose your affection, when you lose your asses, you lose the desire to serve God. Now you understand why Saul was like he was. Because you see, if the, if, if, if the day man lose his affection, everything after him is going to be messed up too. Bible says in verse 3, And the asses of Kish, Saul's father, was lost. Bible says in Colossians 3, 2, That we ought to set our affections on things above, not on things of the earth. That's how we lose our asses. When we stop allowing ourselves to set our affections on things above. It was Kish that lost his affection. And then he sent his son Saul, which means ditching death, to go and find what he had lost. How are you going to do that? You're the one who lost it. How are you going to send somebody else to find what you lost? You're going to tell your son to go and find something that you lost. You're the one who lost it. You're the one who lost your affection. Check your resume. Go back. Find out. Clean up where you messed up. Go back. No, you can't clean up here. Go find the asses. They lost. So he sends him. I'm just reading the Bible. That's what he said. He said, yeah, look here, verse 3, what he said to He said, and the asses of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And Kish said to Saul, his son, take now one of the servants with thee and arise. Got to go higher. And go seek what? Say it loud. Say it again. Act like you're saying a bad word. Everybody got them. We lose them sometimes. It ain't nothing but your affections. Good gracious. Don't be so religious. Can't get nowhere like that. That's what's wrong with church folk now. They can't grow because they're too religious. Verse 4 said, and he passed. They see it right here in the Bible. Now look what he does. He passed through Mount Ephraim. Look what this guy is doing now. This is what happens when you lose the asses. First thing he did was, Saul goes, see, he's the one going to lead him in the ditch now, and lead him to die. He passes through Mount Ephraim. You know Mount Ephraim means double fruitage. It's ironic how we can be in the church right at Mount Ephraim and just pass through. But that ain't all he did. Watch what else he did. After he passed through Mount Ephraim, then he went on and he passed through the land of Shalisha, which is the land of restoration. He could have been restored there, but he went on and passed through that too. Because it didn't look like the ashes was there. Then he went on and he passed through the land of Shalom, which is the path of peace. Pass through that too. Man, he was doing a whole lot of passing through. Am I hitting it? Amen. And they and there they were not. And then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they found them not. See, he passed through the land of fortune, through oh God, through the land of wealth, 
He passed through the land of Benjamin. He passed through all of that. He passed through double fruiting. He passed through restoration. He passed through the path of peace. My God, he got a whole lot of passing through, didn't he? Now watch what he did. He did the same thing bunch of us do. Look at verse 5 and look at it real close. And when they come, were come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant that was with him, Come, let us return. Now he want to go back. Don't. At least my father leave caring for the asses and take thought of us. See? Now he's talking about what his father going to do. But look what he did now. They, when they came to the land of Zuth, you know what the land of Zuth means? Dripping honey. He was in the land of blessings. How many of us get right there at the threshold? We're talking about temptation. How many of us now, come on, be real with yourself. We get right there in the land of Zoom, the threshold, the place of dripping honey. And we say to our servant, you know, the one that's trying to help us get over the hump, let's go back home. I want to go home. I don't like it there no more. I can't find the asses. So now let's just go on back, empty-handed. Let's go on back to our father, empty-handed. But I thank God for Proverbs eleven fourteen, where it says. In the multitude of counselors dwell safety. It's good to have somebody with you who's got some sin. Look what the man, the servant, told Saul. Old Saul was ready to pack it in. Now, wasn't he? Was he not? Y'all can say amen to the word. I can't get no help up here. And he said unto him, Behold now, that is in this city, this encounter. You in the, you you you've made an encounter with the, the place, the land of dripping honey, the land of blessings. You have encountered it, and that is a man of God here in this city, in this encounter that you're talking about leaving from. <laughs> and he is an honorable man. And all that he said comes surely, comes surely to pass. Now let us go through the paradigm. He can show us our way that we should go. That's the servant telling Saul. We don't want to miss this encounter. No, we don't want to miss this encounter. We want, we want to cling to this. Because we've been running so long because... Sister Manley told me, she said, you know, I ran up on sheep. And she said, you know, one of the main characteristics of a sheep is old sheep will run at the first sign of trouble. A sheep will run. A sheep will get scared and run at the first sign of trouble. And God is trying to take us from being a sheep into being a soldier. Because soldiers stand and fight. You say bad to a sheep, a sheep will take off. They ain't got something they call faint and go. You look at them, they Now, y'all ever seen them? They cloned them, they call them faint and go. We got some of them in church, too. They're faint. Poof. Y'all throw a sheet over them. Oh, y'all know I'm telling the truth. It sounds funny, but it's true. First sign of trouble. As, and, and, and we've been in trouble all our life. We've had to face trouble all our life, haven't we? And then we come to church to whip out. I don't understand it. I don't understand that. I really don't. God does not call us to whip out on him. And that's what Saul was about to do. Saul was about to whip out on God. And the servant said, no, man. And then in verse 7, 
Here's what the word of the Lord says. Then said Saul to his servant. Saul trying to make excuses. But behold, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread is spent in our vessels. You know the vessels represent your souls, right? And the ashes were lost, right? So the bread represents the word of God, right? And it was all gone. They didn't have no word of them in the vessels. So Saul recognized the fact that they were low on fuel. He recognized that. But the man said, the servant, he said, for the bread is spent in our vessels. And there is not a present to bring to the man of God. He asked the servant, what have we? Watch this. Matthew 10, 41. Notice now, he asked the servant, what have we? What have we got to give to the man of God that's in this encounter? Now these are red letters now. If you can't trust nothing else that I've said tonight, truly to God, you can trust the red letter. And if you can't trust the red letter, you're in the wrong place. Because I'm telling you right now, the red letters, you want to know about the kingdom of God, that's all you got to do is read the red letter. Are we there? It's headed under rewards. Look here. I'm going to read 42, 42. This is what it says. He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Jesus talking. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. What have we got to give to the man of God that's in this encounter that we're in this city? He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. That's the red letter. That's a promise. And he that receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall, shall receive a righteous man's reward. Don't look at the man. Look at what's in the man. That's what you're receiving. And whosoever shall give drink to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Don't allow yourself to miss out on the encounter that you have with God because you're not receiving what God is saying through the vessels that come through this house. There are many vessels. I believe in bringing vessels through this house to let God's word speak to the people. Receive it. Receive it. Because if you do, God will bless you. But you can't take some of it and leave the rest. Because the things that we leave are the things that are trying to clean us up. That's why we don't want to take hold of it. We want to throw it away, see all we want to do is hold on to what makes us feel all right. Oh yeah, it's true. But that ain't the way God do this thing. Look at the prophets and look at Jesus, the way that they did this. They was not concerned with who liked him and who didn't like him. What did they do? They told the truth. Because it's the truth that's the only thing that can help you, 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 me, you, you. And I would rather see you down here mad at me and in heaven glad than to stand before God and he mad at you. I would rather, I would rather take the heat for your soul Then for God to put the heat on me. Because this thing is wrapping up now. It's wrapping on up. It's wrapping on up. It's wrapping on up. And God is not going to tarry 
forever, whether it's individually or whether it's collectively. You know, we can check out of here at any time. I want to be right. I do. But it's better when we do it as a team. I always believe in teamwork. I want you to go with me to Second Chronicles, and I'm closing. Second Chronicles 2020. These are the words of the Lord. They're not my words. I used to have problems with them too until I started saying, okay, I better get this track up. This is written. And they don't need me messing around with this. Go to Second Chronicles 2020. And say amen when you get there. This is what he said. And they rose up early in the morning. You got to get that early break through. And went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat is the king of Israel, king of Judah. He says, believe in the Lord your God. If you do that, so shall ye be, what? Established. Believe in his prophets, so shall ye do what? Oh, you want, I can't hear you. You see. See, when you see the word, see, you don't say it with no enthusiasm. So God don't, you, you, you don't, you see, you don't do nothing for God's soul when you don't stick him with his word. See, see, if you want God to move in your favor, you need to stick him with his word. You got to learn how to stick him and make him move in your behalf. Give his attention. And the best way to get God's attention is to throw God's word back at him. Because God said, I place my word above all my name. All of it. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And in him all things were made. And there was nothing made that was made unless it was made by him. And I told y'all before that there are things that are made that are not made by God. And therefore they will not last. But in him was life. And that life was the light of men. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is all that I have to say this evening. May God bless you.